Yo, I put it like wow, this that sound These oaks don't work hard like me, I hope they know by now Bail, bail, stand my ground Throw these money trees, go overseas like Percy Tow I'll make sure you stay around, quiet when I'm under loud No negatives allowed, me positivity took a vow I always play to win, don't anticipate loss Mind always in the clown, my boy Never think about the drop, never ever ever think about the drop Welcome to Sports Fans, it is the MKT Show, I am MKT, this is another day where you are live. If you are listening to this, you're live, congratulations, well done on breathing, although you shouldn't be congratulating the postman on delivering the post. Um, that is another thing, hey? am I, yeah, it, it, it is grumpy to say why do people celebrate birthdays, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's not really an achievement to be born. It isn't really. We give too much credit to people for birthdays. Most people are doing it. One would argue anyone that's ever been alive has achieved being born. It's not really an achievement if 8 billion people are currently doing it. You know, starting Tesla, having the O Magazine and the O Network, having 23 Grand Slam championships, you know, if you're Serena Williams, Novak Djokovic, Rafael Nadal, winning six Premier League titles as captain, if you're Roy Keane, for instance, you know, starting UBS, being the first man to go to space, figuring out string theory, these are achievements. Isaac Newton, <laughs> these are achievements. Barack Obama. You know what I mean? Like these people have achieved the extraordinary. After 18, why are people still making such a big deal of their birthdays? What are we doing? Now, people are going to say, that's a little grouchy. You know, you have to learn to celebrate something. So, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm not a big birthday guy here. I've never understood even, and my mum is huge on that stuff. So it's not like I come from a, a childhood where I was denied that stuff. It, it was actually, it was ridiculous. My mom, since I was young, would go over the top. Oh my goodness. But like really push the boat out. So I come from a home where that was encouraged. Never got it. Never got it. What do people do if they're in a couple and the one person's a birthday person and the other isn't? And I don't just mean the man in the situation. What if the woman is like, yeah, Oh, really, it's my birthday. Stop inviting everyone here. I can't be the only person in the world like this. I cannot be. And I think along with your political and religious leanings, I think those types of things are something you should talk about if you're going to start dating someone, you know, because that's going to be the rest of your life. Like, I mean, at my age, I'm 37. Generally, you're dating for something serious now, you know. If you're going to date somebody from 37 onwards, I'd say 35 onwards, you're not dating just for small anyana reasons, you know? But I think that's something you should discuss. Like, hey, your thoughts on religion, your thoughts on having a family, your political leanings. And what do you think of celebratory occasions? What do you think of birthdays? What do you think of anniversaries? What do you think of, like, invented holidays? Valentine's Day, like, that's coming up. You know, like, I'm not big on any of that. Because the one, anything where I have to give a gift, I'm like, get the hell out of my face. What are you doing with your money that you can't buy your own stuff? What are you doing? What am I doing? And I don't like to, you have to ask my friends, but I don't think I'm a selfish person in that sense. You know, but I'm not buying a fully grown adult gift. Get out of my face. Well, what are we doing? What are we doing? Many people say, wow, what a grouchy bastard. Well, it's the MKT show. Let's get into sports rather than that. Love to know what people think. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm crazy, you know. And I believe as a man, you should be a provider. So that's a whole different world, right? Like, I don't have kids, so I don't have to worry about that right now. But I do, moving forward, 
I don't care if my wife is Elon Musk's sister. I, I would still like the provider position. Uh, fine, equal rights, whatever. But I'm not in the gifts thing. G- gifts, me and gifts, g- get out of my face. Get out of my face. Like I, I will not buy my friends gifts. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> what are we doing? What are, we, what are you even talking about here? Get your own stuff. Get a job. Like, I, I'm also not going to be like, oh, not everyone's employed. Like, I'm 37. The friends I have are relatively middle class and working. And even if they're not working, I'd like to think I've got a group of friends who support those friends, try and get them employment, blah, 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 you know? It's, uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not living in the foothills of the Matobo Hills foraging for my food. I, I live in middle-class society. What, what, what must I do about that? What are we doing? What, what are people doing? You know who the worst people are? People who get disappointed if you don't buy them presents. And again, I live in middle-class society. These are not poor people. People who complain about the gifts as well. Talk to me about that. Talk to me about people who complain about the present. I know, it wasn't expensive enough. Why don't you shut up, you dumb bastard? Is what I think. <laughs> like, oh man, it's crazy. The best gift you, gift you can give is money. Like, people are old, they know what they like, man. And cut the crap. Stop saying it's about the thought. You know what I think? Give me the money. I already know what I like. You know? And. <laughs> The other side of the coin is I, I have received stuff and I'm like, oh, wow, that's really thoughtful. But I'm like, oh, man, I wish you'd just given me the money, you know? Just give me the money. I, I know what I like. Like if I want whatever, football memorabilia, a piece of art, you know, some running socks or whatever, some sunglasses, I can buy those myself. Don't worry about it. I don't, if, if I don't have, the way I look at it, if I don't have anything, I don't want it or I don't need it. Like, I have everything I need. There, there's, nothing, there's nothing in my life right now where I'm like, my life would be made materially better if I had X. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, there's nothing anybody can buy me that would make my life better that I don't already have. Which is why maybe I can't see why other people can't buy what they want. Because I have everything I want. So, hey, listen. What are you going to do? This is, this is a situation that came up in my life recently, by the way. That's why I'm thinking about it right now. Came up. Didn't buy them a gift. Pitched up and left. <laughs> I've got some weddings coming up. Not buying a gift for any of them. Forget it. Nobody said get married, and I didn't ask you to get married to that person. And why should I fund the life you can't afford? If you can't afford to get married, why are you getting married? Why should I go to a gift registry and buy you an air fryer? Why can't you buy an air fryer yourself? Why are you getting married if you can't afford to live with that other person? What are we doing? Why should I fund your, your, your way of life? <laughs> what are we doing here? What if I don't even like your partner? I mean... I'm going to two weddings soon. I, I love both of the ladies in those situations. In a non-romantic way, that'd be awkward. Imagine, pitch up at your wedding. Say, oh, does anybody have anything to say? Oh, well, I'm, I'm actually, Pastor, I'm glad you asked. I'm, I'm what you might call sexually attracted to the bride-to-be. <laughs> that'll be awkward. But it's not the case in this case. Both fantastic human beings, but... Brother, I'm not buying your, you and your wife a gift. Go, go no. I mean, I'm the MC at a guy at a guy's wedding, and then I'm the best man at the other one. Neither of those people should expect gifts, by the way. I do not. I will not wilt. I will not bend. I, they will start their own lives. Good for them. Happy for them. My best mate. He's getting married. He's a gem. He can go to hell if he thinks I'm getting him a gift. Forget it. I am the gift. I I am the gift. Anybody who invites me to a wedding, I'm the gift. I am not buying. Uh, no, you you go to your own wedding registry, get it yourself. 
I'm not giving you, I'm even giving you 50 bucks. Forget it. <laughs> Get out of my face. Get out of my face. Maybe I'm crazy. Am I crazy? At MKT Inspires on the social. MKT at the MKT show. Your thoughts on weddings, gifts, giving people stuff. Is it about the thought? And don't give me the love language thing. I've read the book. People always say that. Please. <laughs> Please. Let's not do that. Let's not, do, let's not use faux psychology on me. It's not going to work on me. I'm not... I mean, I, I'm stupid, but I'm not an idiot. I don't, don't try and do the... What about other people's love languages? Get out. Sometimes I wish I could just elbow drop people in real life. You know? But you can't use unrestricted, unbridled violence on people just to get them to see things your way. I'm not a violent person, but I do wish sometimes it's just like, oh, my goodness, what an idiot. Oh, my gosh. I'm not an idiot. I'm stupid, but I'm not an idiot. All right. Well, this is, this is actually a sports show. I've spent 10 minutes. It, it's because this came up in my life, though. That's what happened. Came up in my life. I'll, I'll explain it another time. Came up recently in my life. Let, let me just say, my friend's girlfriend. She's not even really my friend. I don't really love her, to be honest. She's not. Anyway, he's my mate. There was like a thing at his house. Her birthday. I pitched up. I don't have a gift. Firstly, who are you, sweet cheeks? You know? Like, I'm just here because he invited me to his house that you now live at. You, 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 I'm not at your house with your parents. I'm at his house that he owns. I've known him for 20 years. So don't worry about it. You, you're just you're you're adding yourself into a situation where you don't even know everything here. Yeah? I know more. I know him better than you. She's having a whinge that I didn't buy a present. After I left, someone else told me, "Like, oh my god, who are you? Why would I buy you a gift? You know what I mean? Like, oh my goodness, I've known you for like a year and a half, and even then, I barely see you. I mean, you're a big reason I don't see him anymore." I don't exactly like you. <laughs> if, we're being, if we're gonna be completely honest, like if I if I don't like your girlfriend, I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna see less of you, and I'm gonna see you without her, including you. You know what I mean? Like if I, that, that's just how it is. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hang around with my friends if I don't like their partners. You, you, you know what my problem is? I've realized what my problems are. I've thought about it. I mean, I have many problems, many personality defects, but I don't have the gene. To be able to interact with my friends' partners and be respectful if they're being disrespectful. So I don't know if you've ever been in that situation where, let's say, your friend has a wife or husband and you don't get along with that person. Or you just don't like their personality traits. But you've kind of got to bite your tongue, right? If he's your boy, you've got to bite your tongue if she's a little chirpy. If he's a little chirpy. If he's whatever... Out of respect for your boy, you know? It's like, okay, cool. We're, the way I look at it is, if you're close to me, we're in a relationship with that person, if you get what I'm saying. Like, if my boy isn't married, I'm married to that person in my mind. And I mean, I mean this for about five, six people in my life that I really care about. I don't mean every single guy I know. But there, there is a certain number of people in my life where I'm like, okay, we are married. Like, if your marriage is going badly... I, I, I'm in there with you. I'm in the trenches. With you though. Like I don't need to be in there with your wife. I don't get in, in, into your marriage. I'm on your side. Whatever's happening. Whatever you tell me. Whatever we're going through as the boys in my case. We're going through it. I'm, I'm in there. But I don't have the gene. Which is what most people. This is where smart, sophisticated, emotionally you know, enlightened people. Unlike me have that ability to, okay, she's being disrespectful. Let me not say anything. I'm going to go home in two hours anyway. My problem is, if you're disrespectful to me, and I don't mean banter, like I love a bit of banter with people. You, you know, I like, I, I give it, so I'm, I'm super happy to take it. But I think we, we're all at a stage where we know the difference between banter and disrespect. And if people are disrespectful to me, I don't have the thing 
of being able to hold myself back. I'm going to address it right there. And I'm not an awkward person. Like I've got a pretty forthright personality in public. Like if you want to do it, I, 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 I don't care what people think about me in awkward situations. I'm quite good with confrontation. I will address it early. And I, like if you want to go to six, I'll meet you at six. If you want to go to nine, I'll meet you at a nine. Wherever we are, I'm... I do not care who is watching. I, <laughs> it is one of my many. I have many personality defects, but that one is probably my biggest one. My inability to hold and bite my tongue. So it's probably best for this lady that she waited till I, I left and didn't address it to my face. It's also why I leave it. You, you know, I've got a thing of leaving early at events now. It's like, you know, especially with some people, like, I don't want to get in relationship drama. So I leave before people are, they've had too many drinks because uh, people start to say things. Uh, like, I'm sober. I don't drink. Oh, you know, <laughs> you're not going to disrespect me because I'm not that guy. Anyway, 15 minutes of, uh, of a sports show where I'm, I, I, I've got to tell you what's happening in my life, you know. I'm, I'm living a real life here. I mean, it's, it's a champagne problem, but it's a, you know, First world problems are still problems, I tell everyone. All right, what are we talking about today? Uh, Jürgen Klopp, he's gone. I'll tell you where I was right, where I was wrong. My thoughts on, uh, my, my, my initial thoughts on Jürgen Klopp, him leaving. And um, we'll do more on the Jürgen Klopp, of course, the who will replace him. Where does he rank in Premier League history? I'll just give you my general thoughts on him. Jürgen, and then where I was right, where I was wrong. MKT inspires, otherwise MKT at the MKT show. If you want to slide into the electronic mail. I've got a couple of mails that are very long. Got some thoughts on Manchester United. I've read those. Um, some emails are just too long to read on the show. I mean, you know, slide in the DMs. Fair enough. You can slide in the DMs. Instagram's the best one. Follow me on TikTok. Tick-a-tocker. See, if you, if you want to get on the Tick-a-tocker, MKT inspired. All right, let's get into the show. Um... Something that I thought about this weekend. Villa played Chelsea on the weekend. There was another draw. Uh, obviously, City beat Spurs. But there was another draw. I forget who it was. Why do we pl- still play FA Cup replays? We always complain about the size and the length of the season already for the players getting jammed in. Cancel FA Cup replays. Like... Stop telling me it's for the small clubs to get funding. Listen, why can't the FA and the Premier League figure out a way to pay the value of two matches income to clubs? Look, they make so much money now. They make so much money now. It's It doesn't work for anyone. Like now, the Villa-Chelsea replay... At Aston Villa. What, Aston Villa need the extra million pounds they're going to make on the day? Two million pounds? Whatever it may be, revenue that they generate on that FA Cup replay day? Come on. Come on. And if we're going to keep doing this, then don't... don't compl- I don't want to hear players. I don't want to hear the clubs. I don't want to hear any... I don't want to hear the Premier League. I don't want to hear the FA say... The player's safety is what's most important to us. Don't give us that and then ha- still have replays. You don't need replays. Straight to penalties or extra time and then penalties. We don't need the replays, guys. It's, a, it's for the bygone era. We've moved on now. There's Conference League. There's flipping Europa League. We've added so many competitions. There's an expanded World Club Cup. You know what I mean? Like, there's AFCON, there's Euros, there's Olympics coming up, by the way. Nobody's talked about that. By the way, there's AFCON next year. Again, I don't know if people realize this, but there's F- there's AFCON 2025. <laughs> there's an expanded World Club Cup next year. 32 teams. It's basically a World Cup. The next World Cup is an expanded World Cup. There's Asia Cup going on now. I mean, what's going on? Just cancel the replays. 
I just I cannot understand the obscene greed, right? And I'm not. I understand business is about maximum income. I, I've got no problem with that. But the greed to go. What happens now if Ollie Watkins pulls a hamstring in the second leg? Like, what's the point of that? What is the point of another 90 minutes? And I think in that one, it'll probably be extra time, right? In the replay. 120 minutes, penalties, and then he's still got the Premier League fixture in wherever they're going to try and jam it in. Come on, guys. I'm sorry, I just do not... I don't see the value there. And there should be a pot for everyone from League One downwards that... After the FA Cup, we split the revenue in and amongst all of the, the, the sort of football league clubs. So Premier League, Championship, you guys get nothing. Forget it. You guys make enough money. But then there's a pot that every single non-league uh, club that makes it, let's say, to the fourth or fifth round, you guys, forget about replays, you guys split whatever revenues are for that year across the board in the certain pot. And the teams must decide. They must decide before the tournament. You know, it, it'll be for the course of the FA Cup and 3% of the income will be the pot that gets split so that we don't need replays, but everyone from League One downwards gets this. There we go. I've, I've come up with your solution. I mean, it, it's crazy. Um, another thing that I noticed, I don't know if you, I was trying to watch a little bit of Nigeria, Cameroon yesterday. That Daniel Amakachi is the comment guy. And then it's just, do Premier League fans watch that and find it bearable? Like Amakachi hasn't done any research and, you know, he, he's quite cool. He's, he's a naturally funky person, but this is an art form, like commentating speaking the the art of oratory like he's done no research he doesn't know any stats he doesn't know like he's just going off vibes and he's almost and i'm a digital guy right but if you're going to be a comments man on one of the biggest tournaments in the world please can you bring a bit more than vibes and i've struggled i I struggled to watch like i had to watch on mute but you can't be part of this and just be vibes guy and, you know, if you watch the NFL, you watch the Premier League. I mean, I was watching, I, I think the best in the business right now is Matt Holland. If you watch the Premier League, he's just the best. He's, in, he's laddish enough, but he's still, he, you can hear that he's done his research. He's in it. He knows what's going on. He, he understands the landscape of his environment. He, he understands the whole league. He's clearly a football nerd. Like that comments guy is so important if you're going to do that role. If we're going to do vibes, guys, get the YouTube guys, get Goldbridge, get get those guys, get the AFTV guys, because they're better at vibes than any of these commercial guys on big stations, right? But if you're going to do that job, Daniel Omakachi is an embarrassment. I'm sorry. Like, that was an embarrassment. He doesn't know the players. He He doesn't... He's not giving me any insight into the last few tournaments, the last few games, the stats... The tactics of the different teams, why certain teams are doing well. I thought it was embarrassing. I just did. And I wonder, like, am I spoiled because I watched the Premier League and it's such a polished product? And you've got Jim Beglin and you've got Matt Holland. You've got Jamie Carragher. These guys do it proper, right? Gary Neville's outstanding. Whether you like him or not, he's outstanding as a comments man. They are outstanding. For me, Matt Holland's the best. I would say Matt Holland right now is the best in the business. Informative, laddish enough. The chemistry is unbelievable. And the preparation, you can hear the preparation. It's the little things. They'll drop little nuggets in here. You go, okay, that guy has sat for days and researched and found the stats and gone to producers. Because I know how that world works, by the way. I've worked in this world for 10 years. You know, Just because you work at Sky, it's no different than working here in South Africa the 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 best are the guys who research. You hear if if you're a South African, you watch the rugby. Hanyani Shimangi is top two three presenters in in the world for rugby. I would say the best as a comments man. But Shimangi isn't the most articulate guy. 
but what he hears is absolutely brilliant and professional. You know, he, I mean, he knows the game like the back of his hand, but then you can hear the man's done the research. Globally, Shimi knows the world game inside out. Who's doing what? Who, who are the leading players? You hear Hanyani Shimangi drop those nuggets in from around the world every single time. You go, okay, this is a polished professional. This is a guy who takes his job seriously. I've heard a single comment man at AFCON where I thought, okay, here's why you're being paid. So I just wanted to know if people people that watch the Premier League, that watch, even La Liga is unbearable, it's terrible. The Premier League's the one, right? Where it's proper, it's polished. Am I spoiled? Because I think it was dreadful. I think it's embarrassing for a tournament of the stature of AFCON to not get it together. It's just embarrassing. And... Culturally, maybe in West Africa, that, that's what people prefer. But listen, I've, pr- I've produced uh, a football show in Nigeria, and it's very, very different how they see production there than we see it here. You know, you look at Nollywood, it's very, very different to here. That scripted polishedness of, quote-unquote, the Western world isn't really necessary. It's not their thing. I'd love to hear, I mean, if you are West African, Because it's a whole different vibe up there, particularly Nigeria. Nigeria is a very unique part of the world. If you're Nigerian and you're listening to what I'm saying here, are you happy with just off-the-cuff Daniel Mukachi? Do you prefer that looseness? You know, you'll watch the NFL, the Super Bowl soon. Nobody's the NFL. The greatest is Greg Olson, um, who's just, you know, he's the best in the business. There's Tony Romo, who his problem actually in the NFL is People worry he doesn't do any research and he's just vibes guy. Played Dallas, for the Dallas Cowboys. Tony, are you going to do some research? Stop going off just vibes and going, ho, hey. That was a big problem, right? If you check the internet, a lot of people are starting to call him out. Jim Nance, I mean, you you you, you listen to Jim, Jim Nance, obviously the best in the business, but you listen to these, Greg Olson is just unbelievable. Just unbelievable. If you're looking to see what, what they call a color commentator should be in America or that number two guy. So you have your commentator, your color commentator, and then you've got your number two guy. So the color commentator is brilliant. You know, you know, the Premier League has the best in the world and the NFL. And then they've got those number twos that are just absolutely... Mark Sanchez, another brilliant one. So I don't know. I, I'm extremely disappointed with Afcon. Extremely disappointed with Afcon. I'd love to hear what people have to say. MKT inspires MKT at the MKT show. Should Africa do it its own way? Is there a correct way to do it? Sh- should I not say, oh, the Premier League does it this way. Why don't we do it this way? Is there an, is there an element of where Africa will do it our way? You know, who needs, who needs the rigidity and structure of a comment man with a commentator? Why can't we just use our own cadence, use our, use our own colloquialisms? Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. But I don't enjoy it. So I, I like structure. I work in production. I understand that. I, I don't like what they're doing there. Because it doesn't feel like an art form. It doesn't feel like they'd work. It feels like he's a YouTuber. It felt, it felt like Daniel Amakachi was hanging out with the boys. And no, thank you. you you're at work there. You, you have a role. And, you know, when he's rambling, it feels like he's getting in the way of the game instead of your job in in that role. So some people may go, what's the big deal? Your job as a commentator and a comments man is not to get in the way of the game. The really brilliant ones don't talk too much, right? Your job is to highlight the game for the viewer. That's it. Elevate the game as you see it for the viewer. And it's an art form. That's, people may wonder, why, do they, why is it just Jim Beglin all the time? Why is it Peter Drury for so long? Why was it Peter Brackley for so long? Shout out Peter Brackley. ISS, if you know what I'm saying. Because it's an art form. What those guys are doing, that ability to articulate the game and elevate the game and not make yourself the center of the game. Because that's what Amakachi is doing. He's almost doing like he's a stand-up comedian. He's getting in the way of the game. It's clunky. 
The game's going on and he's just waffling. At that level, less words, articulate, hit your points, shut up. We can see what we're watching. It's very different to what I'm doing here, podcasting, commentary, storytelling, or commentating on radio. Then you need to be verbose. Because you need to paint the picture in my mind. Remember, on television, less is more. Describe what you're seeing in as few words as possible and make it pop and then shut up and let the action speak. That is your job. Set the action up by literally saying as little as possible, but being as poignant as possible. That's what you're supposed to do. And you can only do that if you're prepared. Embarrassing. I thought it was embarrassing. MKT inspires MKT at the MKT show your thoughts. All right. As I do every Monday, I'll tell you where I was right, where I was wrong. Uh, if you don't listen to the podcast, if it's your first time listening to the pod, shout out. Welcome. Welcome. Um, I make big calls on the socials in real life. I may have said it on the podcast. And then because I'm the most honest person I know, you know, people say possibly the most honest person to ever live. And I say, that's okay. You're going a bit far. You're not too far wrong, but it's a crazy statement to make. In the light of day. It's like, uh, what's that famous Stephen A meme? Um, You're not wrong, but you don't have to say it. (laughs) You know, I am one of the most honest people to have ever lived, is what people are saying. I'm not saying that. That would be, I'm too humble to say that. But I'm happy to tell you when I was right and tell you when I'm wrong. A lot of people just want, you know, they want the credit for when they're right. I'm humble enough to go, you know, In the words of Friedrich Nietzsche, I am human all too human. Humble, forgive. I'm too humble, too forgiving, too passionate. Here's where I was right. Here's where I was wrong. Where I was right, um, test cricket is the best. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? You cannot have the drama you have just seen over this weekend if you're a test cricket fan with the two shocking results in India and in Australia and not think this is the best unscripted drama this sport has. Listen, T20 cricket, it's for a certain market. It's got its place. It's magnificent. It's entertaining. It's fireworks. But it feels contrived. This sport is real. At the highest level, the best of the best, it's in the name. It'll test you. I was right. Test cricket is still the best version of the sport. Where I was wrong, West Indies beat Australia. England beat India in India. I put out a tweet. Follow me, MKT Inspires. I said, England look horrendously, horrendously under undercooked. Horrendously undercooked. Well, they turned it around with one of the greatest innings I think I've ever seen in India. It, probably the best innings I've ever seen in India, 196. Um, and England go and beat India. West Indies go and beat Australia in a slobber knocker. In Australia, so I was wrong. Both those results definitely not what I called. Um, I was very wrong there. Where I was right, Chelsea need a striker. Dominated Aston Villa. It's another one where they've got to play a Cole Palmer friend. I don't like Cole Palmer being the main man at this age. He's just too casual. He still thinks he's still trying to win cool points. And you know what? He's a brilliant young player, but he's still too casual. It's the thing about young people is they don't realize that another opportunity may not come, and he's just not ruthless, ruthless enough. Chelsea have only got Broha. And um, it cost them again. They should have won 3-4-1. It was, it was embarrassing. Cole Palmer, the one volley, just take a touch and finish that, son. You don't need to be cool. But this is what happens with young people. He's brilliant. He's enigmatic. Uh, it's what's going to happen. I was right. Chelsea need a striker. Forget it. They're not a serious club right now. Where I was wrong, Jack Grealish isn't world-class. I've been saying now for two years, Jack Grealish is world-class. Something's gone wrong at Man City. And you can't be world-class after just one good season. What he is is very, very good. He's a generational talent. He's the best English talent in terms of ball-carrying and natural football talent I've seen since Paul Gascoigne. But talent is not that interesting. Jack, Something's happened with Jack Grealish. He has turned off Man City. He has turned off Pep Guardiola. And I think it's that laddish behavior, the getting drunk off the pitch. And listen, it'll catch up with you, by the way. At that level, it catches up with you. People think, just let the lads be lads. At that level, you just can't anymore. You just can't. He's he's not good enough to be that. What he is is very, very talented. 
natural raw talent, that body, the physicality. I mean, you see Jack Grealish, what's he, 6263, proper frame, technical ability like you've never seen, Ronaldinho-type technical ability, you know, and he can he can bomb past people. He's got pace, he's got the body, he's got the feint, he's got everything. But he doesn't have the most important thing, which I think is the discipline and that ability to be disciplined because that, that seeps into your game. Remember at Villa, he was always shooting, giving it away. He's really become a classy operator last season. But being world-class means you can do it over and over and over again. He's done it one year. I can't call you world-class if you do it for one year. That's an anomaly. It's not who you are. Jack Grealish, I was wrong. And I think it may be the end for him at Man City. Where I was right, the Spurs out of their fake cup. Listen, Ange is a good manager, but you, you can't lose Harry Kane and think you're going to get better. They're out. They're not going to win another trophy. They may make top six, but forget it. I mean, Ange, cool accent and whatever, but yeah, he's a good manager. It's, you know, to dare, to, to dare it's a dream. And yeah, okay. Or to dream is to dare. Okay. It's a cool story. But Spurs are Spurs. They're out. Like, what are we doing? You saw that. Man City's B team. You lose. It is a foul though, but for another time. Um, Spurs out the FA Cup, and just another guy. Spurs or Spurs. Uh, where I was wrong, for years I thought Marcus Rashford is a high character guy. I don't know what's happened there. He is unraveling. He didn't play against Newport in the FA Cup. It's rumoured it's because he went out. It's, well, it's been reported that he was out in Belfast. Was he in Belfast? Northern Ireland, by the way, one of the greatest party cities in the world. If you are single and you want a good time, go to Belfast, Northern Ireland. Unbelievable party city. My God, one of the greatest party cities I've ever been to in my life. But something's gone wrong with Mark Rashford. Over the last 18 months, he has unraveled. The hairstyles, the brother. What is going on? He's chirping the fans. I don't know if you saw in the previous game when he scored, he, he's giving the big... The big end to the fans about keep talking. What is going on with Marcus Rashford? Like, bro, you are playing badly. Stop. Stop projecting to the world. And again, if he's not that guy, that's fine. He must go and play for Aston Villa or Everton. This is Manchester United. I do not feel sorry for people at that level. Stop telling me about the pressure. Like, part of playing for Manchester United, the entry fee is you can handle that. I've never heard Kevin De Bruyne whinging about the pressure. I've not. I didn't hear Iniesta whinge about the pressure. I don't hear Jude Bellingham whinging about the pressure. Like, these guys, they must do it. Sorry, you, you get £300,000 a week. You, you're the highest paid player at the biggest club in the world. The biggest brand in the world. I don't want to hear about pressure. Like, I'm sorry, I don't hear the CEO of BlackRock talking about the immense pressure that he's dealing with. What are we? The CEO of Rand Merchant Bank is not whinging. She's not on some podcast about her her daily pressure. What are we doing? What are we talking about? Is Marcus Rashford just a spoiled brat? I was wrong. Marcus Rashford is not a leader. I've been saying that for for the last couple of years. High character guy. I was wrong. He is not. He is unraveling. And this is when you see leadership. When things are going badly and Man United are in a bad place, you need Rashford leading at the front, not getting pissed up in bloody Belfast, bro. What are we doing, dude? What are we doing? But I've said this before. It's always about something else with Marcus Rashford and these guys. Jaden Sancho. Like, football's not the main thing. My father used to say to me all the time, keep the main thing the main thing. Always, don't forget that. Whatever you are, whatever you're doing, keep the main thing the main thing. Don't try to do too much. Keep the main thing the main thing. For Marcus Rashford, the main thing is football. Cool, you're feeding kids, bro. Like, is that your thing now? There's nothing wrong with that. But then quit football and go do that. Go be a social worker. If you're going to do the feeding thing outside of football in the off-season, fantastic. Your job is to play football for Manchester United and score goals for Manchester United. What are we doing? That's where I was right. That's where I was wrong. Marcus Rashford. Wow. That's unraveled badly, hey? That has unraveled terribly. What is happening?
What has happened with Marcus Rashford? What's with this? What's with the hairstyles? Brother, you are the face of Manchester United. I don't mind if Garnacho does those hairstyles. I don't mind if Jack Grealish does those hairstyles. I really, I could not. I don't care if Jaden Sancho is doing those hairstyles. Luke Shaw. Brother, you are the face of Manchester United. Look like it. Like Vincent Company, bald head, clean shaven. Kevin De Bruyne. You know, now he's got, I don't know what's going on at the hair, but like he's the face of Manchester City. Roy Keane, clean shaven. Patrick Vieira, clean shaven. You like know your role, dude. Clean it up. I, this Marcus Rashford red hair stuff. It, it, it ain't it, bro. It, it ain't it. I'm sorry. I don't mind if the secondary players are, are the mandem. Marcus Rashford is basically, right, in the context of a company, he's the CEO of Manchester United. He's the highest paid player at Manchester United. He's on all the advertising. Clean your act up. And by the way, if you can't handle it, get out of there. Go and play for Aston Villa or Everton. That's seriously, that's, that's my take on, on Mark Strafford. And any of these guys. Come on, bro. Come on, brother. All right, uh, I want to finish off on this. Jurgen Klopp has announced that he is leaving Liverpool. Bloody hell, mate. Jamie Harger, terrible. Jürgen's living in Liverpool. He's leaving. What are we going to do, mate? Scousers. <laughs> Listen, after nine years, six trophies, every major trophy that he could have won, Jurgen Klopp will leave Liverpool after having done that. He's won one of each. The only one he hasn't won is Europa Cup or Europa League or whatever. But who cares? I mean, I, the major trophies he's won. Listen, man, I don't be that guy, but I call this. We all are who we are. You know, everyone likes to think they're unique and I can change. People don't change. We are who we are. He was at Mainz for seven years, at Dortmund for seven years, and this is year number nine at Liverpool. So he's actually gone over the limit a little bit. But we are who we are. He lasted seven at Mainz, seven at Dortmund, and nine at Liverpool. He, and he said he wanted to leave last year, actually. He said his wife convinced him to stay. So this was to be expected. Uh, anyone who's overreacting is like, okay, do you not watch football? Are you not a grown-up? And I understand. Fan is short for fanatical, so you, you don't get caught up into the data. So it's, it's about time. It's about time. For his personality. These intense people are hectic. You know, if you've got an intense boyfriend, intense girlfriend, or you've had those people, they're fun. It's like dating a supermodel, that is fun. But you don't want to be dating the the girl who's snorting cocaine for three years. Might be fun for six months. Jurgen Klopp, that personality type, I know it. It's high maintenance, eh? It's high maintenance for everyone, by the way. Not only is he my high maintenance for the players... He's high maintenance for himself. He's all in. And I think it's fair to say Jurgen Klopp is a Liverpool legend. An incredible character for the English Premier League. And I think worst of all is it hurts because he connected with the fans. You know, football is the working class ballet. And I don't think there's a better way in the Western world to connect with the working class than football. It's the one. It still is the one. His connection to the fans was because doesn't Jurgen Klopp feel like Liverpool? So if you've been to the United Kingdom, the North largely feel ignored by London. London, the economic hub, and viewed as snooty by those up north. You know, you know the as you go into the black country, so sort of the Brummies, so you, you start getting to Birmingham and you start getting to uh, what they call the black country, which is the middle, uh, the Midlands, quite literally the Midlands of um, England. And then you get into the black country, uh, Wolverhampton, that region, and then you get up north, they they feel like, oh, it's real England. England. Liverpool, mate. Those regions feel ignored, particularly Liverpool. It's one of the poorer, most, it's more the working class people. And, and Jürgen Klopp feels like that. They're, doesn't he feel like he's fighting against the system, raging against the machine? 
And Jürgen, I think, gave the city of Liverpool that we can compete with London. We can compete with Manchester. You know, and he really gave them the energy, the confidence to go, we can be who we are and still compete. We don't need to change our values. And Jürgen played in the way that Liverpool want to be seen. He's modern, but still hardworking, you know, that everything that the working class embodies or, or wants to be seen to embody anyway. So that's why it hurts a bit more. You see everyone going, I'm so shocked. It's because he, he feels like one of them. You know, when Mourinho left Chelsea, when Pep leaves Man City, when Pellegrini left City, when, when Rafa left Liverpool, he was a little bit, he's a bit of a football professor. He doesn't really feel like, you know, Gerard Houllier, French, he feels a little bit like professorial. You, you know, both of those, although they are loved in Liverpool, it's not quite the same. There wasn't the big whinge when they left. It's like, we've lost good managers and you're going to get some TIFOs. But it, it was never quite like that. And it helps that Jürgen's been successful. By Liverpool standards. Let's be very clear. We're not, we're not talking about Jose Mourinho here or Pep Guardiola or Alex Ferguson. But by Liverpool standards, you, you must remember he's brought the trophy back after 30 years. The, the league trophy. He's won the Champions League. He's given them... He made them for 18 months probably the best football team in the world. You've got to say those. Those things. But intense people have an expiry date. They do. They just do. People who don't know how to turn it off, they have an expiry date. And you heard him. He said he's out of energy. But it's to be expected. He's lasted seven years, seven years. Seven years of mine, seven years at Dortmund. And it's nine years now at Liverpool. Come on. It's over. I think he's been an unbelievable addition. Tremendous character. Because one of the things you must realize about the English Premier League, stop thinking about it like a sport. It's a TV show. And what he is, is an incredible character. He's an incredible, incredible character in the history of this soapy that we call the English Premier League. And, you know, he really does feel like Liverpool. So I feel for them. But one of the things I've been thinking about, just lastly on this, one of the reasons I don't think you'll ever see Fergie again, the players are too empowered now. Like, these managers are rich now, hey? Like, they're rich now. But these players have lots of power. And these, these football managers, you must remember what these guys do, hey? If you haven't worked in that industry, at that level... Jurgen Klopp works 15 to 18 hours a day. Seven days a week. In football season, he's working 16, 17, 18 hours a day. Six, seven days a week. Seven days a week. Like, you don't turn off. Those, those guys don't turn off. His whole life is football. Like, if you haven't seen the Arsene Wenger uh, documentary, Arsene Wenger, The Invincible, I, I urge you to watch it. Him talking about his time as a football manager. But they're all like that. These are football junkies. Th- those top guys. I- I'm not talking about Deserbi and these other guys, right? I'm talking about there's there's a creme de la creme of 20 to 25 guys in the world. Which is why the top clubs feel like they keep rotating the same guys. These guys have no lives. They have no lives. This is their life. Yes, you can be enlightened person and... Oh, what about work-life balance? It's not a good role model. Like, okay, go go be mediocre somewhere else, right? They know what they're doing. They sacrifice. It's it does get sad, fine, but it's not sad. This is their life. Like, all they love is football. Like, Jurgen Klopp wakes up. It's football. Probably goes home when they lose nightmare for his family. The, the work-life balance thing is for rich people and. People who want to be mediocre. There is no work-life balance. Get out of here. Not if you want to be Jurgen Klopp. If you want to be mediocre at your job, thumbs up. Good for you. And, and by the way, I'm not saying you're wrong. You, you happy doing what you're doing at the level you're doing at? Cool. If you want to be Jurgen Klopp, it's all the time. 
every day, seven days a week. There is no off season. But now these guys, Jurgen Klopp wants to just coach. Jurgen Klopp doesn't want to deal with bloody agents and these rich players who feel entitled. He's trying to think, how do I beat Pep Guardiola? But these players are too rich now. And they're too entitled. And it's now becoming a bit of a nightmare. So I understand these coaches not being able to last as long as they used to. And listen, he's lasted nine years as well. It's not like it's a great innings. But you're, you're dealing with so much now. You, they, they don't just get to coach. And one of the things, one of the downsides of being Jurgen Klopp is he, he has to be involved everywhere. Where Fergie was brilliant was he was able to bring in Rene Milliston, uh, a, Steve, uh, a McLaren, a Steve McLaren. He had these guys who would take the training. And where Fergie got better and better as his career uh, on the back end especially, he started to be a CEO. Let other guys take the training. I'm just dealing with, you know, I'm, I'm a helicopter. Give me the top-down view. I know what I'm doing. I trust the people that I've put into place. I've built the culture. I'm just going to come in when there's a crisis. And I'm just doing match planning, big-time match, pl- match planning. And that's it. I'm just doing overall overarching strategy. You guys go take the training. Uh Report back to me. I trust you. But I can still see, uh, famously, uh, Fergie, his office, he could see all the training from his window. <laughs> like, let's not get crazy. But Jürgen never did that. Although he's got the team, but he, everything I've read about him, the man's taking training. You know? He doesn't have those guys where he can just go and sit and actually just think a little bit about what's on the weekend, what's happening for. He's in it for nine years every day. And I don't think that's something he had. But I also think the other side is these young players are too entitled. They're too rich now. Too rich and entitled. And I don't mean they don't deserve it. The players deserve the money because the product has grown. But as that's changed, like like Jurgen Klopp's an old school guy. He just wants to coach football. He does, he does not want to deal with Trent Alexander-Arnold's agent and PR team. And, and, they, and listen, don't think things are perfect there. There must be so much entitlement there with how rich and successful these guys are. He doesn't want to deal with that. Pep doesn't want to deal with these top guys. Mourinho doesn't want to deal with that. That's why Mourinho in particular is struggling. So I understand why Jürgen's leaving. I understand that these young players now... Listen, management now is a young man's game. I don't think you're going to see people coach into their 70s anymore. Roy Hodge, Roy, good old Roy, is an anomaly. You're not going to see that anymore. Because these football nerds, which is what Jürgen Klopp is, he's a football nerd, he's just a football guy. He just wants to coach. Why don't we keep managing so-and-so sulking because he didn't play? Like, back in the day, Fergie would tell you, shut up, get out of my office. You know? I would prefer that it went back to that, but it's, it's over now. Pandora's box is open. And these, these football nerds don't want to get into that. Like, I'm not getting into that. What are we doing? So I think you'll see very, very short five-year, ten-year managers now just because it's just too tiring, what, everything that comes with it. I just don't see it. Agents, families, social media. Like, you and Klopp don't do all that. He won't tell you that, but... Bro, I just want to coach... What does it call it? Heavy, heavy metal football and, and go home. And then sleep and then be back in the office at 6am after having left at midnight. I think he'll take the Germany job next. I think it's going to be a disaster with Julian Nagelsmann. Not because Nagelsmann's a disaster... Germany football is a disaster and has been, I think Joachim Lov left it in a horrendous place. Absolutely horrendous place. I think that's the next job he'll take. What else does Jürgen have to do in football? He's won Bundesliga titles, he's won the Premier League title, he's won a Champions League title. Like what more? There's nothing Jürgen Klopp can do to enhance his legacy, in my mind. Like, what's he going to do? Go to Barcelona, win a couple of La Liga titles? Does that really change who he is? And where he's lucky is I think he can go and manage Germany for maybe eight years. And he's such a great personality. He's so articulate. He speaks so well. Du- uh, Duolingo, as they say, as well. right? German, English. So he can be, I think he can be a brilliant, brilliant pundit. Like, if, if Jürgen Klopp has good advice, he should, he should have his own podcast. Can you imagine Jurgen Klopp on TV? He is unbelievable. And he's so articulate in English as well. 
he, he's not just like, oh, I speak a second language. He, he's got a full, he's got a catalog. He's, his, his English um, vocabulary is verbose. So he's, he's pucker, he's proper, you know. And then he's got that personality. Just He will be unbelievable in six, seven years, eight years, whenever he decides to retire on television. Not all these managers have those options. But he's a football guy. He's a Liverpool legend. You don't need a statue for him. He's not that great. Um, and listen, he's won six trophies. You know, It's the second most ever uh, tied for second for a Liverpool manager. But, but I, I don't think we need a statue. Though. That's going a bit far. Like, I'm, I'm hearing people saying, Jurgen Klopp's statue. I'm like, for what? He's won one league title and a Champions League. Like, come on. Jose Mourinho has three Premier League titles at Chelsea. He doesn't have no one's even talking about a statue. What are we? What are we talking about? That is a statue. Like that's going too far. Magnificent manager, magnificent um, career. What he he took Liverpool from the absolute the trenches, right from the streets to the palace, as the youth say. I think he's been magnificent for Liverpool. He's a Liverpool legend. One of the very best of the modern era in the English Premier League. And, and certainly a very, very good Premier League manager. But by Liverpool standards, a legend. By Premier League standards, he's had a good career. A very, very good career. And he's given people some of the most thrilling football the Premier League's ever seen. Uh, that, that's my take on him. I think, he's a, I think he's a good manager. A magnificent character. And he certainly added rich tapestry to my favorite story of all time called the English Premier League. I'm grateful to, to have had him, to have seen him. He's been a value add. And I wish him well wherever he goes because he, he's a tremendous representative for football. Plays it the right way and respects the game the way I believe it should be. Venerates its best traits. Exudes its best traits. A leader of men. I, I like that leader of men. He's ruthless, tough. He can put his arm around guys. He, he really is. He's a man's man. Jurgen Klopp's that guy. He is that guy. He's not a guy. He's that guy. Feel like you could have a beer with him. He's, he's really, really wonderful. Uh, and should be respected. And, and if you're a Liverpool fan, any Liverpool fan, I don't, I don't know if there is any, but anyone who, who's whinging about him leaving, Needs a slap in the face. 30 years. 30 years. And he gave you a title, this guy. And made you respectful again. 30 years it was. Until this man came along. Jürgen Klopp, shout out. Wunderbar, as they say. So he'll go back to Stuttgart. Take some time off. And I look forward to seeing what his next move is. Because whoever gets him next, one thing's for sure. Wherever Jürgen goes, he wins. Mines got them promoted. Dortmund, uh, two Premier League or uh, Bundesliga titles back to back. Champions League final, obviously, didn't win that. But wherever he goes, he wins. He creates a culture and he wins. And he creates excellence. That's one thing. Liverpool are now in an incredible place. In an incredible place because of Jurgen Klopp. If you're a Liverpool fan, I'd love to hear your thoughts. MKT at the MKT show uh, is my email. Otherwise, MKT inspires. Your thoughts, Liverpool fans? Are you sad? Was it time? Who's next? We'll discuss that more and more. I'll give you my thoughts. Uh, I'll compile some lists on who I think should be next um, at Liverpool. But for now, celebrate a Liverpool legend, a Premier League uh, star. He's been a star. Absolutely loved it. Hope you have the greatest time of your life today, wherever you are. It's the end of January. Hopefully... You're getting stuck in now. If you just got a new job, congratulations. You know, if you just found new love, congratulations. Delighted for you. It's the best thing in the world. Being in love, best thing in the world. I hope uh, that that you, this year has started off that way and you and your partner can build something. You finally managed to ask her out, ask him out. That's worked out. Amazing. Amazing. I, I, I love that. I love that for you. I hope that it's the beginning of a professional and personal uh, journey that is awesome this year if you're a fan of the MKT show thank you um, I'm looking forward to we're going to have some fun this year 
we are going to have some fun this year. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is MKT. This has been the MKT Show. And for now, I am the hell out of here.